0: dissenters thank you so much for listening to us or watching us today we really really appreciate you very much (laughs) Uh, yeah that was a lot we really appreciate our audience Uh, we've gotten quite a few emails this week and it's been really encouraging so yeah thank you all so so much for watching us and listening to us my name is bruce johnson i am joined here in the wonderful state of south dakota by my good buddy joseph lassiter hello and we are joined by my brother jacob back in pennsylvania jacob johnson everybody Uh So uh, you can share uh, the show with as many people as you can, which would be awesome, by going to our website, which is trdshow.net, and uh, you can grab that link and share it with all sorts of people, anybody you can think of, grab that website, and you will be sending people a list of links to all of the very, very numerous platforms that we are on. We're on so many platforms these days, so check them all out on that website. You can also email us, uh, and we've gotten several emails this week, and it's just been so, so nice to read through them. Um, very, very encouraging emails. So thank you for that. You can send us emails yourself by going to trdshow at protonmail.com and we appreciate every single one of those emails, whether that's answering questions that we ask you on the show, ask our audience, or sharing data with us or anything you'd like to send our way. We appreciate all of it. So send us as many emails as you want. Looking forward to reading those. If you're interested in hearing us do deep dives into some of the current events that we talked about on the show or some of the topics that we wanted to discuss, but we didn't have the time to discuss them, on the show episode that week you will have to follow us on our pro first amendment platforms and those include gab gab tv rumble and odyssey so check us out on those those are also the platforms where the only places you'll be able to find us once tech censorship starts to kick in And uh, we reach a level of following that then uh, we hop on the radar of big tech companies and they start shutting us down. Those are the platforms you're going to have to go if you want. You're going to have to go to those if you want to listen to us or or watch us. So make sure you're already following us there because uh, once we get shut down, you're going to have no idea what happens. So if you're already following us on Rumble, you get notified that we have a video up there and then you can watch us there. So um, all right. Let's talk about today's show. What's going to happen? Well, as usual, we're going to start off with the current events of the week, um, break those down, and um, there's uh, there's a lot that happens, so we're going to be going through all of those, and uh, after that, we are going to move into the literature of the month, and this month, we read uh, Millstones. Um, this month, our literature is Millstones and Stumbling Blocks by Bradley Heath, and um Very, very good book um, covering so many awesome topics. Uh, Well, so many subtopics of the major topic that is government schools. So uh, there was a lot that was discussed in chapters 3 and 4, which is what we read this week. So we'll be discussing those during that segment. But before we get to uh, either of those two things, we start um, by talking about our verse of the week, which is very important. So our verse this week is Deuteronomy 11. Verses 18 through 19. And it says, You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking of them uh, when you are sitting in your house, when you are walking by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. Again, Deuteronomy eleven eighteen and 19. So, guys, let me ask you a question do you think that that verse says you are to learn about the law of God once a week, Sunday morning? No. Really? Really? be. Really? We, we Weird. Should be... Well, well, what about every day, but just just at night during devotions? No,
1: I think really? we should be soaking in every part of life. Huh,
0: because I could have sworn that this verse just said just, you know, just once a day, just just once a week, you know, not all day, not we... when you rise, not when you lie down, not when you're walking by the way. Really? Is that, is that what it says?
1: Are you implying that you are <laughs> implying that a lot of people just say, "Let's go to the church," and then <laughs> yes. after
0: church, we're done? Exactly. We, we That's what go we're going to be talking about day. a lot today. This implies, I mean, applies directly to parents today because You're what different, happens different. is we um, we are, you know, the parents today who send their children to government schools, government indoctrination camps are, you know, they'll say, well, you know, we'll send them there during the day. Then we'll fix everything that was dumped into their brains at night during devotions or in Sunday school. Um, that is not what this verse says. <laughs> this is very extensive. You shall talk of them when you're sitting in your house, when you are walking by the way, when you lie down, when you rise, and everything that you do, do as unto the Lord, right? We mm-hmm. don't have separate aspects separate areas of life where we focus on god and his word in this aspect but not in these aspects totally contrary to scripture you know
1: since you were making mention of that in in that verse i don't remember how or where i heard the term but whenever we were told to memorize something somewhere we were told to Tattoo it on the back of your eyelids while you're asleep at night, so that you can continue to read it or anything. That's what we should be doing with scripture. Yeah. Okay. Don't put it underneath your bed pillow so that you can uh, soak it up during the <laughs> yeah, middle right. of the night because that's superstitious. Like that. You have to read it.
0: <laughs> but it 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 would be a good idea to keep it close to you. Mm-hmm. That, you know, if li- for that reason, you're putting it under your pillow. Then sure. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have
1: a Bible right next to my pillow. Nice. Very cool. Yep. But um, but
2: not just. Just as a clarification, yeah. but not for the reason of trying to just thinking that he, it's just going to go into his head right. during no. one You have to no. read it. <laughs> I read it. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I thought this verse was just, I mean, it cuts right to the point. It leaves no, there, there's no question here whatsoever. Go ahead. None. Oh, okay. Um, no question here whatsoever that the word of God is something that we should be focused on at all times of the day, always. This isn't just a once-a-week kind of deal, once-a-day sort of deal. So, um, And I think, you know, on another level, we're all guilty of, of placing other things above God's Word. I know I need to read God's Word more, and I think pretty much any Christian can say they, they need to read His Word more, and so that should always be a priority that we're constantly trying to do. Um, but when you send your children to the government schools to be indoctrinated by the wicked, you are explicitly saying, you know what, I don't care that they're not going to get the Word of God during the day for 12 years of their life every day, day in and day out, and we'll just fix it on Sunday. That's ridiculous.
1: You know, with
0: with technology, we have a lot of people have
1: Bibles on their phones now. Mm -hmm. Question is, do they really use it? And if they do use it,
0: they should be using it. Indeed. Yep. 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 For sure. All right. So uh, with that, let's move into our um, current events for this week. And uh, Jake, as usual, we'll have you kick it off. All righty. So uh,
2: my first headline. And actually, I want to I want to just go through these and get Bruce and Joe's thoughts at the end, because there is a lot I would like to talk on. this Alrighty. subject. And so I'm just going to go through both of. So I have two headlines, two big headlines that I would like to cover But there are multiple headlines that can be found to kind of prove the point that I want to make. And hopefully, all of those will be in the description under this video. Yep. Absolutely. So, first headline: First headline is, uh, surprise, US-China climate deal breaks through superpower standoff. Whoa. Uh, The world's biggest superpowers, China and America, have both come to an agreement over the, globe over global warming, something that was oh mentioned in the article, which I think is quite surprising, uh, being as how this is from a liberal news media source. Mm-hmm. Um, but it actually said that China creates more global pollution as compared to America, so wow. they're actually portraying China in a bad light.
1: Mm. Right?
2: Yeah, that's weird, but. Um, But I I looked over this article and uh, a question that was brought to me is, what is the big picture here? What is what is the big point? What's the point? Uh, Why is the idea of global warming wrong to us as Christians? Mm, Yeah. Uh, And I think here this can be um, talked on as to what what the what are what are they actually doing with global warming? What what is their actual intention? Uh, they want us to believe that this all of this is some altruistic good, hmm. uh, but what really doing. Yep. it is yeah. But really, it is a love of money and power. Yep. This is one of the most talked about subjects in the in the Bible, and that is the love of money, which hmm. really boils down to selfishness. Yep. The government does not do this to help others, but to <laughs> but to get you to give up your freedoms. Yes. Uh we see this everywhere in our culture. The good thing to do is to reduce our carbon footprint by getting an electric car or things like that.
1: <laughs>
2: I wanted to talk a little on how they are making the government another business. This mm. the The idea of the government, to them, is a business strategy. Uh, This is not to help you, but so they can make money. And how, without a biblical worldview, this system—and how can we have a system like this without a biblical worldview? Because without a biblical worldview, it would just be a power struggle of finding out Uh, how much freedom they can take without you noticing. (laughs) Uh, and I think this, this, um, this topic of, uh, money that they, they don't care about your actual good. They just want money can be found more clearly in my next headline, which is Bill Gates calls for 1 billion in funding for germ games to prevent pandemics and bioterrorism. Wow. What is that? Yeah, well, he wants basically what the article headline says here. But he's he's looking to get one billion dollars to fund this germ games and more research in vaccines.
0: Oh, okay. I was going to ask what yeah. Germ Games was. Right.
2: right, so basically Germ Warfare or bio, oh. bio Warfare and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but something funny here, and which I have another article on, hopefully it will be posted in the description. I will not directly state the article, but again, like I said, it should be in the description. But Bill Gates actually helped fund the Wuhan lab. Mm-hmm. So in a way, this pandemic, uh, if we can even call it that, is yeah. due to him. Mm. Yet now he wants to seem like the hero <clears throat> by claiming to want to protect people from biowarfare, from upcoming pandemics. Yeah. Yet this becomes less funny and more serious once you understand that Bill Gates receives money every time someone takes a BioNTech vaccine and is also linked with Pfizer. Which, again, this information that I am stating here can be found in an article posted in the description. And so we see that this posing of good is actually another ploy to make money. Hmm. You
0: know,
1: with your your, um, first... Uh, first um, news article, I, I have to say that the greatest example for for the fact that it's all for the money is the Tesla cars. What do you need to do or what kind of vehicle do you need to get to recharge that Tesla vehicle if it's sit- stranded on the middle of the road? You mm. have to have a diesel or a gasoline truck take you a diesel or gasoline generator so you can charge that car back up <laughs> so i mean yeah. you're right it it really is just a money movement yeah. let's let's try and get as much let's squeeze the yep. most because teslas are more than a house
0: they can someplace yeah, right so the more expensive in models yeah. yeah yep
1: and and with teslas they're not sold on the lot they're they're once they get the order that's when they build the teslas
0: yeah yep <laughs> Yep. And and for those sorts of things, the um the batteries actually cause more harm if we're talking environmental harm. The batteries from these things, the production of these lithium ion batteries required to run these Tesla vehicles causes far more harm to the environment than the good that they do um by by powering these electric cars. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yep. But yeah, it's, to, to it, your, it go sort ahead, of
2: here. it sort of feels like um, this is an amazing business strategy for companies like Tesla to say or vaccine um, places to say, oh, global global warming is is a problem. So we have to get electric cars to uh, fix that. Come buy our one million dollar <laughs> car in yep. order to fix global warning. Yep. You don't want it to destroy your planet, do you?
0: Mm hmm.
2: But yeah. Um, but also like the the vaccine, say, uh, protects other people around you. You don't want to you don't want to kill everyone around you. You don't want to be a murderer. Right. So come get our vaccine. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, same
0: playbook. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yep. And that that becomes all more like you, you, you fully understand that this is a business strategy, not not uh, trying to protect you as as I've said before in other other times when talking about articles like this and how the government doesn't care. Yep. It it doesn't care about your well-being. Exactly. Uh, Or or it does care about your well-being enough to make sure that you're just alive so they can take away your (laughs) freedom. Yes. So they can feel powerful. But this is this is not they they don't care about your well-being yep they
0: all they care about is making money exactly cool thank you very much jake yeah for for breaking those down and uh we'll definitely have both of those uh linked in the description below this episode whether it's a podcast or uh you're watching this on one of our pro first amendment platforms or youtube or whatever you'll find links to those there so i highly encourage you to check those out so thank you very much jake all right joe all right. Well, I have, if I can scroll up, I
1: have two articles and, and, and a funny article as well. <laughs> so right. uh, my first article states, and the headline is CDC, no recording of natural immune transmitting COVID-19. So that's <laughs> meaning wow. those who have had COVID and yep. haven't had the vaccine yep. just had it and, and went on with their day. Or week, I should say, after they got quarantined, um, they the CDC has no evidence of those who are transmitting more yeah. COVID nineteen to everybody else. Wow! So, according to this article, I that I read on November fifth, the CDC said that they didn't have any docu- documents per per pertaining to the request, and that was the request of whether or not there was. Um, natural immunity transmission or not, um, the CDC did say in a brief release earlier this month that natural Im- immunity, immunity, and vaccines overprotect uh, protection for the last si- offer protection offer protection for the last six months. It, it said nothing about uh, transmit
0: transmission on in its yeah. brief. Yeah, so that, that, that's crazy. So, so the implications of that um, are that uh, – so the, 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 the crazy implications of that is that this whole time, they have been forcing people to get vaccinated. They've been saying, protect other people, get vaccinated, for two reasons that they've given, right? They're two lies. There are two given reasons. One is that uh, hospitalizations will be better, right? You won't get the severe side effects, adverse side effects with the vaccine, which is an utter lie. Um, from COVID-19, you do get the same adverse side effects, if not worse. So uh, that's a lie. Secondly, they say if you get it, you won't transmit it to other people, which is also a lie now, according to this, because uh, they're saying if you are, uh, first of all, your viral load is increased in insane amounts when you've gotten this thing, which means you have a much higher chance of, of, of actually infecting other people with this, transmitting it if you are vaccinated. But also, this article now shows us the implications are that People who have had natural immunity to this thing actually don't spread it, which is crazy. Crazy. You know, another thing that I was just listening to another podcast and um, a doctor who has studied, I mean, hundreds, if not thousands of COVID cases um, and is actually in the field treating COVID patients. And what he's discovered is that people actually don't get COVID again once they've gotten it once. You don't get it again. Your antibodies are strong enough, just like um, I think chicken pox is another thing like that. There are viruses out there already that you get it once and then you're done. You can't get it again. COVID-19 is the same way. The only reason why people think that they've gotten it again is because of the faulty PCR tests that we're still using. Mm -hmm. Um, What they're actually getting is a common cold. And the PCR test picks it up as COVID-19. But when you you actually take a real test that actually tells whether or not you've had COVID-19, you don't. So once you've had it, first of all, once you've had it, you can't get it again. The antibodies, several doctors, well-credited doctors that I I trust say that you can't get it again. Also, there is no uh, uh, recorded case of someone spreading it once they've gotten it and they've built up an immunity to it and their antibodies, natural antibodies, are actually able to fight it. This thing is looking weaker and weaker by the second. Right,
1: (laughs) man, the more the more I hear and we talk about this topic, it's like the more and more I do realize it was a political game on the.
2: Yep, it was a scam. And and I mean that what you just said there kind of fits what what I was just talking about. It it wasn't intended to work. It was just a a money scheme. It was just so they can make money. Yep. So it, it it wasn't supposed to work.
0: Yes. I just thought of the name of the doctor. If you want to look him up, his name is Peter McCullough, um, and uh, he's the doctor I was just listening to the other day. Uh, if you want to look him up, look up his research. Um, do your do your research. Obviously, don't just take my word for it. Look it up, Peter McCullough. He'll list his resources as well, um, and I highly encourage you to to check that out. Do your own do your own homework. Don't just trust us. Look look these things up for yourself. But you. yeah, it's it's incredible what you'll find. You're going to put that name in the description, right, as well? Uh, I can. I'll try and flash it up on screen. Uh, Peter McCullough is, is again, his name. So if you're watching us, you'll see his name on screen now. So you can grab that name, pause it, copy it. Um, I suppose I can maybe try and find a profile for him online. Um, If he has a website, I think he does. And I'll put that in the description as well. So, um, yes. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, good point.
1: Awesome. The next one is YouTube announced it will hide – Again, hide counts on all videos. Dis- oh, dislikes, dislikes. Yeah. dislike the counts. It will hide them all. Wow. Um, the, the <laughs> YouTube has announced that it will hide all the discount or dislike counts on the video, claiming it's it wants to carb, crea- curb create uh, curb yeah it wants to curb the creator harassment. <sighs> yeah. can you believe it? <laughs> To yeah. be honest, I like seeing. Okay, was there a lot of dislikes on uh-huh. this video? Is it a bad video? Maybe it is a bad video. That's yeah. why a lot of people didn't like it.
2: Yep. Of course, yeah. you're gonna have quite I, a few. I think. I think the reason for this is uh-huh. actually because of a lot of the the YouTube videos of Joe Biden or yes. anything. <laughs> I was just gonna uh, mention him that him talking or anything was was the the amount of dislikes were almost double the amount of likes. Yeah. Sometimes triple. It was it was an overwhelming yes. amount of dislikes yes. compared to likes.
0: Yeah. And if you and if you saw that, you know, there are so many places in society where you can see how many people actually like the current president fake or not. Um, that's one indication. And if you can see these, if you can pick up on these, you might just start to question, huh, maybe these people actually were right about this thing being stolen. Huh, maybe, maybe there's something to that because we're literally on these videos getting more dislikes than likes. Weird. Speaking of like, I mean, like how, sorry, go ahead, Joe.
1: Speaking of like dislikes and voter and, and all this stuff. I literally saw a bumper sticker that said, "Wish you could take your vote na- back now." <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, right.
2: Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. But like how how is this a president that made that that yeah. got more votes than Barack than Obama? Barack Obama. Yep. Who who I have to say I think had a higher approval rating. And yeah. Biden did when he even started to run. Oh, my run. goodness,
0: yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. Their, their approval ratings are dropping, like, exponentially. I mean, it is insane to see how low the fake president and fake vice president approval ratings are, are dropping. It's, it's bonkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but these were the most loved and most popular uh, uh, candidates since Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that makes total sense. Well Along with this And um,
2: and they they go yeah. ahead. No, go ahead,
1: Joe. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna move on. <laughs> go so ahead.
2: continue. No, yeah, you can move on. Okay. <laughs> um
1: so the along the dislike button's still gonna be there just so that people can still push the dislike button and the viewer who uploaded the video can see them. Yep. And and it's like Wow, that's interesting. But unfortunately,
0: for the likes of CNN and uh, all of these other fake news companies, they are um, not going to care. They don't care. Yeah, they they don't care.
1: (laughs) And on this, this was the last paragraph in in the news report. YouTube's latest announcement, meanwhile, is sure to trigger accusations of censorship to suppress differing viewpoints while Mm -hmm. you. Yes, differing viewpoints. While YouTube and Google have long been accused of political bias, the firms have said their platforms are designed to be politically neutral. <laughs> wow. Wow. I think they, they are, can
0: just get away with that.
1: I, I think it's they lame. are trying to get rid of the, the thumbs just because of the politics. Yep.
0: Oh, yeah. Goodness, yes. Wow.
1: Right. Well my, my final um news article is, is a it's a Babylon B and it's not uh-huh. really an article. It it All popped right. into <laughs> my it popped into my mind when you were talking about the um global warming and vaccines and stuff. I was like mm. I, I watched this uh Babylon B and it was a vaccinate Elmo video. It was oh, like, yes.
2: Yep. oh yes. It it oh, was
1: yeah. very funny just to see like is that actually going to happen? Oh, yeah. I, I I could yeah. see it happening. It's a yep. it's a one of those um, stuffed animals Yes, and with the y- voice boxes saying want... vaccinate, "vaccinate me," I yeah. need a vaccination.
0: You know the, the the craziest thing about that is that is their strategy, and their strategy is go after the kids mm-hmm. because right. they know that is the cultural weak spot in the conservative movement is our children. Because we willingly give them to the government day in and day out, and we're going to talk a lot more about that today. That's uh, falls <laughs> oh, right into yeah. our theme. But um,
2: especially, especially the point of that these children will want to learn and will yes. learn from their experiences. Yep. And so this this uh, pushing of the vaccine will not only um, affect them now. But it'll affect them when they are trying, when they are thinking of these things later on. It, yep. it will change their thinking. Yes. And This this subliminally is how they control society. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yes, indeed. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing that, Joe. I know it's um, it's like yeah, it's supposed to be funny, but it's uh, it's one of those um comedic things where it's both funny and horrifyingly and sad. <laughs> scary too. Cause cause it's so yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. The Babylon B recently has just been like I mean it's basically just a prophecy company at this point. Just, I I swear yeah. it's like the uh, the left just looks at the Babylon B article. All right guys, what are we gonna do in a week? All right, let's let's scroll through the Babylon B website. Let's see what we're gonna do next week. Like Ooh. <laughs> That's their playbook now. I'm like, please stop writing these articles or giving them ideas. <laughs> so, alright, cool. Well, thanks for sharing, Joe. You're welcome. All right. If you like Trump before what? listening to this episode, I apologize in advance. I'm sorry, but not sorry. You're going to hate him after I'm through. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't say nearly all that could be said about this man. Um, but uh, it's, yeah, we, we, I think a lot, there's, there's been a movement of Christians um, who knew what this man, who, who this man was. But what he claimed he would do, and what he did do on several occasions, went contrary to his very nature. And his nature is the epitome of what the government schools produce. A man without principles. A postmodernist, a humanist, a narcissist. Someone who just wants to win and has no principles, no foundation that he stands on. That is who he is, whether you like it or not. The, un- the, 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 the conflicting side is that he did, on some rare occasions, surround himself by semi-decent people who led him in a semi-decent direction. He did help with the baby murder movement. He, he fought the murdering of innocent lives. He did fight that. He was decent on some economic things. He was decent on some uh, uh, external relationships with other countries. He did do fairly well in some of those areas right he did bring some prosperity to america however he is still not a christian man he is still a man without principles he is still a man who let fauci run the country for almost a year so with all that being said this should come as no surprise to us if we really understood who trump was now Before I get started, I do want to say, yes, I've pushed for this election election integrity, right? But not because I particularly like Trump as a candidate. I pushed for this, and I've talked about this, and I think I've explained this in the past. I talk about, or I have talked about election integrity, um, and I still believe he is the true president. Um, He did win. But I talk about these things because I want a free and fair election. I want an election that is not stolen, that is not full of lies that is not full of deceit i want a real election because i want to live in a republic i don't want to live in an aristocracy or uh, or or have a king right an unelected bureaucrat or an unelected king i want to live in what america was intended to be so election integrity whether it's the candidate i like or not is still important to me <clears throat> so all that being said here's my article one of my articles RNC establishes pride coalition with LGBTQ Republican group at Trump's Um, Mar-a-Lago. The Republican National Committee, RNC, which is a horrible committee, (laughs) they stand for nothing, they're basically just Democrats with an R in front of them, Um, announced its partnership with the Log Cabin Republicans. And I'm going to discuss what that is in a second. It's nothing good. At Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago, I think I'm saying that right, I'm just going to keep on moving, resort this weekend, creating its first Pride Coalition, which will invest in and mobilize LGBTQ plus XWXYZ, I don't even know, communities ahead of the 2022 midterm elections. So the Log Cabin Republicans, they define themselves as America's oldest and largest organization for LGBTQ conservatives. Um, that's according to their website. Conservatives, and this is a quote from uh, RNC chairwoman Rana McDaniel um, that she said at the gala, she said, conservatives at Log Cabin don't just share our vision for a free, secure and prosperous America. They enrich it. This they, they enrich it is what she's saying. They make it better. And here's how. This, this is her claim by adding unique perspectives to our party and recruiting even more diverse candidates and supporters to join our cause. This is this is where the Republican Party has come to. This is where they are. This is why I'm not registered as Republican anymore because of this, because of things like this. It's it's despicable is what it is. When LGBT uh, and this is, uh, let's see, Log Cabin Republicans, President Charles Moran. Told Fox News this when LGBTQ conservatives are included in Republican campaigns we win and there is the key statement they win that's all they stand for winning that's all that Trump stood for winning but at what cost and what do you win when you have no principles when you're not based on God's Word you win nothing it's a superficial win it is a win here on earth that does nothing to further the true kingdom of God. This win is useless and you are destroying your whatever legacy and honor you had previously. Whatever moral foundation, biblical foundation you used to have, you are destroying it now with this. Daily Wire, and I love this. I love the response to this. These these are two of my favorite parts. Okay, yeah, that was depressing, but... This is, this is my favorite part of this. Uh, Daily Wire contributor Matt Walsh, awesome guy. Check him out sometime. Tweeted how the Republican Party was simply adopting the left's social agenda. And then he said, If the Republican Party is going to fully embrace leftist sexual identity politics, then it officially serves no purpose. It's the mm-hmm. left now. It is the, the, the Democratic Party with an R in front of it. It's no different. Uh, Bryson Gray... the rapper who topped the charts with his with his song let's go brandon also tweeted that if this was the direction of the republican party you can count him out if the uh, and this is what he said if the gop is deciding to pander more to the lgbtq community then count me out it doesn't matter who's running and that was gray who who made the song that hit the uh top charts which is really cool um so anyways if, if you're watching us um You saw Uh, at the beginning. Oh, go ahead.
2: I think something to be noted there that the uh, top charts there that he hit was with his song, Let the Something. Yeah, say that again. You were cutting out. The uh, song that he used that uh, hit the top charts on... Spotify or nexter but uh, that song was—I uh, thought was uh, very funny.
0: Yes, 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 indeed. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so if you were if you were watching us, um, you saw at the beginning what could be described as just a sickening picture, and it was of Trump holding a pride flag that said, oh, "Written on the flag, LGBTQ for Trump." So. Let that image get seared into your brain and then decide who you're going to vote for in 2024. Um, My next article. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm going to go over a little bit, but I think this is important to discuss. And this kind of further proves my point when discussing all things Trump related. Um, My next article. The media made it cool. So now a whopping 30 percent, 30 percent of of millennials identify as LGBTQ 30 percent. Um, so reading from the article, the article asked the question, why millennials? Why are we specifically talking about millennials? Um, according to the report, they are the most populous generation in America society today, in American society, compromising more than 70 million adults in the U.S. Millennials currently represent close to four out of every ten working age Americans, and they are also the primary parenting age segment in the country. Here's how this ties into our topic this month. They are the primary parenting age segment in our country, which is why it's more important now than ever that we separate our children our children at a young age from this disgusting world that is only getting worse. The trend toward LGBTQ identification is especially strong among younger younger millennials. And why? Because they've been at a government indoctrination camp their whole lives and been taught that this is an acceptable way of living. <clears throat> That's me, not the article. <laughs> um Here's a few stats. Now, keep in mind that I think many thought of the millennials and the generation following them as the hope for the Democratic Party. Right? They they were everything's been is the culmination of what their movement has been trying to do, right? Anti-racism, um, all of this other stuff that they claim they support, but they actually don't, right? They, they create more racists than they than they prevent. Um, <clears throat> but the, the millennial generation is supposed to embody everything that the left stands for, right, in many ways. But this, this is the truth here. and And, and this is the result of what happens when an entire generation Moves away from Scripture. This is what you get. These these stats are they're gonna blow your mind. Twenty nine percent of younger millennials, ages eighteen to twenty five, are counted as having some type of mental disorder. Twenty nine percent. Over fifty four percent of those surveyed acknowledged some degree of emotional fragility or even mental illness. That's over half. Geesh. Over half have some uh, emotional fragility or even mental illness. That's oh, that bodes so well for society moving forward. 24 out of every 25 millennials, that's 96%, lack a biblical worldview. 75% say they lack meaning and purpose in life. 75% lack meaning and purpose Crazy. in life. Um, <clears throat> only one third claim to believe in God. 39% of younger millennials aged 18 through 24 identify as LGBTQ. I wanted to take the time to say all of this because it should show you the result. I mean, let the results speak for themselves. This is the result of the government indoctrination camps. If you were not already thinking about keeping your children out of this despicable organization, institution, this should, com- should compel you beyond any shadow of a doubt. They are showing you. The, this is the result of, of what they did for 12 years with this generation and more right through college. Th- this is the result. So just remember some of these things. And, and here's the craziest part. One third of them claim to believe in God. That's actually a large percentage of them. Right. But 75% say they lack meaning and purpose and 39%, almost 40% identify as LGBTQ. Now, that shows you something, right? That tells you something about the church as a whole, that the church is not speaking to the issues they need to be speaking to. They are failing, and the results are obvious here. We can clearly see that. One-third of them claim to believe in God, and yet 75% and 39% of them identify as LGBTQ. 75% have, have no meaning and purpose in their life. They don't know what to do with themselves because the church has not given them direction, has not shown them who is king. Over this world and, and what he uh, uh, wants you to do with your life and to further his kingdom. That's it, not preached anymore.
1: It also shows that the Christian or so-called Christian schools aren't doing justice. I mean, you said seventy-five percent are um, Lack depression meaning and purpose. Yep. Um, and then how many percentage would actually be in the Christian school? Hmm. And you said about a third of people. Of Believe the in God. population, yeah, claim to yep. So if you doing some of that in math here, at least a quarter of the people in, in that seventy five should have been going to yeah Christian schools yep possibly. And just to think, they they wanted some of them want to go to the LGBT, and some of them are yep. depression. Where what happened to Bible being taught in schools yep. in the Christian schools or or should I say so called Christian schools? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Their lives don't look any differently than the unbelievers around them because they aren't taught to look at life differently. They aren't taught what the end goal is, which is dominion over this earth, right? The the, the, the furthering of God's kingdom is not something that's preached. It's not something that's believed. It's not something that guides people anymore. And this is what you get. People with no purpose lost in this world. So... All right. I'm sorry I took such a long time <laughs> going through those, but I thought they needed to be stated. So, all right. So before we move on to the next topic uh, or the next uh, segment, is there anything else that you guys would like to add uh, before we move on?
1: I think you just couldn't wait to get to our next segment because you kept mentioning. Oh, I'm good.
0: <laughs> There's a big delay, so go ahead, Joe.
1: I, I think you couldn't get. Uh, you couldn't wait till you could get to the next segment because you kept mentioning. Uh, the government schools and, and the, we're gonna talk about that later. You you're just on <laughs> fire
0: today. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. <laughs> so, all right. So without further ado. So, uh, so yeah, without further ado, we've been <laughs> doing it the whole time. Um, all right. So Jake said it's nothing else he he wants to add. So alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> with the delays hopefully his wi-fi will uh, catch up eventually okay so uh, moving into the literature of the month again as a reminder this month our literature is millstones and stumbling blocks by bradley heath and this week we read chapters three and Chapters 4. Chapter 4, Chapters 3 and 4. So, uh, as always, we answer uh, ask a series of questions and have uh, answers for those questions based on the chapters. So, our first question is, what did you find most interesting about the chapters? And as always, Jake, we'll start with you. Alrighty. So,
2: something that I think is really interesting and uh, something that I won't touch on is that Mr. Heath talks about how... Training Christian Children the Way Unbelievers Do, sends a message which basically says that unbelievers got it right and Christians didn't. Uh, Hmm. Another uh, multiple questions come up with this point is, why are we following them and not the other way around? Why are we following their ways of teaching and not them following us? Very good point. Uh, another point is why we use the government schools as a measure on how we should teach. Why mm. must we think that we have to trust the teaching
0: professionals? Yeah.
2: Um why why do we have to feel like that um the book school has to tell us you need to be teaching our children. Mm. And uh other feels a lot like people trust the the public schools in um in the ways of teaching and not not that uh we are setting the precedent as to how they should teach
0: yeah and and the thing with that is we are the people who are supposed to be following god's word right and as you know, it says in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and understand. Right? We we gain understanding from Scripture. We're supposed to. Um, so yeah, that totally goes along with your point. They should be. We should be setting the setting the standard that they can't disagree with. They cannot uh, uh, ignore the the amazing uh, outcomes of homeschooling. They shouldn't be able to do that. But we uh, we don't give them the choice to deny themselves and acknowledge Christ because we just hand our children over to them anyways. So there, there is no there is no uh, uh, challenging, there is no alternative way of doing it um, because the majority of Christians send their kids to the government to be trained or send them to some form of Christian school, which is, you know, n- not nearly as bad as, as government schools. And if that's your alternative, then that is far, far better than uh, going to government school, so... But yes, they should be – you're totally right, Jake. Thanks for bringing this point up. They should definitely be looking towards – looking at Christians um, because we should be setting the standard educationally because we should be based on God's word, and that's where wisdom begins. Cool. Anything else you wanted to add, Jake? No, that was it. All right. Thank you very much. All right, Joe.
1: I, I like to piggyback on, on what Jacob was saying, that he kind of said a little bit of what I was saying. But what I found interesting, it starts – in the beginning, okay. Um, I'm doing another Genesis reference a little bit later. So, how to start in the beginning? Okay, in the beginning of the third chapter, Bradley Heath uh, paraphrases a quote from C.S. Lewis, and I wanted to read that for you. It says, "the the problem is not public schools, but what uh, about public schools and whether they not whether or not they do or don't work. Hmm. It's They work too well. Yes. And really what he's saying there is, oh, I didn't finish the quote. They masterfully reproduce their beliefs, doctrines, and philosophies in the minds and hearts of of the children. And it's sad to see that it's true that they are able to, or the kids being at the schools, they they are being taught, okay, this is how we believe. This is what hmm. we think. Yep. This yep. is how we want you to think. And this is why socially we're going to accept, okay, this is me putting it in. We are going to accept LGBTQ, the BLM. Yep. This is why a lot of what we are seeing now is, in my opinion, it started with the government school oh, system. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, and I, I've heard – um Somebody tell me that Satan is willing to wait. It's just how long are we going to wait for Satan? I think is how it went. Okay. Pretty much it's um hmm. Satan knows that we're safe, but he's willing to wait to fall, to till we step in that trap to try and pull us away from God.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and he catches children in their most formative years and we've said this, you know, uh, previously on on the show is you know the, those are the 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 most formative years for a child and we hand them straight over to the government we we throw away our role as parents and say nah we'll give them to the wicked we'll let the government train them instead of us mm-hmm. yep
1: the 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 thought process that i was going along the line though was are the reason why our country has accepted the blm the yeah. LGBT garbage and so forth and so on the reason why is because satan was willing to wait until later and then his fruits really have mm. shown yeah he's, are, he's
0: been sowing the seeds mm-hmm. for, yeah yeah generations yeah yeah for sure yeah good Sad. point and and great point too you know they aren't failing at their Mm-mm. job they're doing no. their job quite well i mean their battle plan their their plan is working so well because they're actually going by the bible's playbook right they're training the children they're capturing the youngest most innocent hearts and minds and they're winning they're they're crushing the battle before it even begins before a generation can rise up against them they've already corrupted their souls Mm -hmm. yep
1: and it really the the apple doesn't far from fall from the tree aspect i mean the kids are being put in schools At least forty hours a week. Yeah. How how do you expect? Oh, they're gonna just be biblical, especially if they're if it's a government indoctrination camp. The government gets to say how can you really rely that? Oh, they're gonna they're gonna be
0: okay. Yep.
1: That's why the family is there. You need to have the building block.
0: Yes. An insulator from the world. mm Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And it starts with the family before anything else. Yes. Yes. Absolutely.
0: All right. Thank you, Joe, for bringing that up. Um, okay. So, I, my, go ahead, Jake. I
2: feel like um, I feel like this is all a um, testament to how a lot of institutions God are now getting and are just handing their jobs off to other institutions.
0: Yes, yes. Like, a lot of the institutions. So well, um, it's really actually, hard to hear you, but one, I, I think I know what you're saying. You're saying a lot of the institutions that uh, God created um, had roles, and now they're handing them off to, to other institutions to, to fulfill those roles, right? Right. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Right. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Um, All right. So uh, the question again is, what did you find most interesting about the chapters? And uh, my answer is in in chapter three, uh, Bradley Heath spent a large amount of time discussing the motivations of the government schools and talking about what these motivations produce. What is the end result of these? Right. So what are the motivations? And then how do those motivations play into society? What is the end result of those motivations? Right. What do they accomplish? He referenced Luke uh, chapter six, verse 40. uh, And this is a really good verse. Uh I think this should be brought up more uh, when we're talking about education. It, it's really important and it sets the sets the stage for this whole uh discussion. Luke uh, chapter 6 verse 40 says, "A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained will be like his teacher." Will be like his teacher. Um Bradley Heath went on to say that the problem is not that public schools do not work, but that they work all too well. This is exactly what Joe was saying and what we were discussing before. They masterfully reproduce their beliefs, doctrines, and philosophies in the minds and hearts of impressionable young children who inevitably learn these lessons. End quote. Government schools cannot be reformed or fixed because there's nothing to fix. They're rotted to the core. They um, are op- they <laughs> they're operating exactly as intended. This is there, there's nothing to fix because the machine's working perfectly. The machine needs to be torn apart and 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 completely decommissioned because it's already working the way it should be, guys. There's nothing to fix here. <laughs> it's it's great. I mean, it needs to be shut down. Okay. There's nothing wrong with the machine functioning the way it was intended to function. They shouldn't exist in the first place. Okay, as, as Heath says on page 34, government schools are, and this is his quote, first and foremost agents of the state. Heath went on to discuss the fact that government schools do better financially when they teach poor academics. This was a really, really important um, thing for me to to read this. Um, This was really interesting to read. And I've heard about this, but he really flushed this out and talked about it a lot. So this this was really cool to read. On page 35, he said, Poor academic uh, achievement is fueling incredible funding for salaries, staffing, facilities, curriculum, and technology. End quote. So not only are they working as hard as possible to eradicate all forms of Christian worldviews from American society, they're also incentivized to produce academically failing students. They get more money when their students don't do well because that's the (laughs) that's the way the system is set up. They can say, oh, look, we're failing. Well, look, our, our students aren't doing well. Please give us more money so that we can help them do better. And then they don't actually take that money and help them do better. Um, you want to add to that, Joe? Yeah, I kind of want
1: to do uh, – this was actually going to go into my second point, but since you're mentioning it right now, might as well do it right now. Um, it's kind of – you and I were actually having a conversation like this earlier. Um, that's ta- about our hospitals. Our hospitals don't want to uh, – we have a single hospital, and they don't want to bring other hospitals in here so that they can grow. But what it is is the government's like, oh, we're going to dump – money into the schools because the schools know we and we all know that the schools need money and because the government's dumping money into the schools there's there's no reason why they need to upgrade their curriculum make them teach better because they know they're already getting that yep um money so to be honest if we need get have any school system we should go to a private school system and it would be funded by the people because then the, gov- the schools are trying to get the people's yes. money, not the government just handing as, out money at as all. As with
0: most things in the civil governmental sphere, when they try to do things that they were never created to do, such as education mm-hmm. or roads or uh, uh, putting, you know, making sure your car is registered and all of that garbage, they fail miserably. The roads fall apart. The car registration system takes forever and the education is not only uh, uh, malfunctioning it is evil and it promotes an evil ideology so yes indeed yes. all right as stated on page 36 children cannot learn what they are not taught likewise they have indeed learned what they uh what they were taught uh ch- christian parents need to realize what the ultimate intention of the government indoctrination camps is It is indoctrination into secular humanism. That's why they're created. They aren't simply teaching your children an unbiased view of the world through unbiased and neutral academic education. As Heath puts it on page 36, education is not unbiased. Every idea is spun upon a web of presuppositions and related assumptions. Bradley Heath says on page 37 that and here's his quote, "Public educators pub- public educators will never lead children to Christian virtues. That they will lead legions of little ones away from the faith." Amazingly, Many pastors and parents believe Sunday school is an effective antidote to the godless indoctrination received in Monday through Friday school, end quote. Because many churches are silent when it uh, it comes to the family government and how they should be educating their children, we have reached a point where parents are simply focusing on the big R Republican CRT fall guy and not on the souls of their children, right? I mean... How many times do you hear from Republicans focusing on CRT, not CRT? We got to get our kids out because of CRT. That's like, that's the most recent inconsequential piece of garbage that's being taught in the government schools. There has been far, far worse rot and despicable bile that has been spewing from teachers' mouths for, uh, I mean, decades, generations past. Uh, and now we're just focusing on this. And then what happens when we eradicate CRT from these schools? Parents are going to send their kids right back in there because that's all that there is. They, they have no deeper conviction. They have no deeper principles. All they want is for their kids not to learn critical racist theory. But sure, is bad. But it's not nearly as bad as the rest of the bile that's being uh, 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 produced in these indoctrination camps. <clears throat> as Heath says on page 37, not nearly enough emphasis is placed on biblical parenting and discipleship. End quote. Finally, to drive this point home on page 38, Bradley Heath says the cumulative effect of 12 years of public schooling is that many children reject the faith of their fathers and embrace openness, diversity and tolerance in the most pejorative use of those terms. Such consequences do not stem from inevitable adolescence, uh, adolescent rebellion, but are the cultivated fruit of children who have learned the lessons taught in public school. That's end quote. That's their goal. Like we've been saying all night, this is, or or all day on the show. That's, that's their goal. They aren't failing at their goal. They're succeeding. Uh, To reiterate, just to wrap things up. I know this is a long, this is going to be a really long episode. There's just so, so much to cover. This is all really important stuff. So bear with us. Um, And we'd love to hear from you as well in the comments or yeah. In the comments, also send us an email. We really want to hear from you. What you think about these things? To reiterate, rather than trying to reform or fix a corrupt and evil institution, that was never meant to exist, we should be working as hard as humanly possible to shut it down. It shouldn't be here. Not in a Christian America. It shouldn't be here. We should be removing Christian children from an institution that seeks to poison their hearts, minds, and souls. We should go to our pastors and beg them to preach against this great evil so that more young souls can be saved from a pit of muck and mire that will take years to crawl out of. All right. Now on to the shorter questions, at least for me. (laughs) Uh, Okay, second question. What did you find most surprising? Something you hadn't considered that way before? And go for it, Jake. Alrighty. So
2: something that was put into a new light for me is Mr. Heath's statement about how children are naturally teachable and that it doesn't take a profession to teach a child. Hmm. There are some who can teach very well. One such case being my my mom. But it doesn't take a master train a child. They will learn whether you do something or not. It is basically
0: built in. Nice. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And, and that has uh, implications for a lot of parents, right? Because they will... I mean, that's, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that later, but that's one of the, yep, I'm going to, I'm going to use the word excuse. That's one of the excuses that parents give, unfortunately, is that I'm just not qualified, just not qualified to handle my own children, <laughs> which is ridiculous because God wouldn't give them to you if you weren't qualified for them. Um, so yeah, they they are far more impressionable than you realize Leading by example is something we were actually talking about in, in uh, Sunday school this morning. Um, everything you do is an example to your children. How do they learn English? They pick it up by hearing you, and then you teach them the, the details and the, and the minute, uh, the minutia of that of the language, right? But for the most part, they pick up most of it by listening to you talk. Um, there are resources. There are people willing to help you. You can do this. You are qualified to train your own children. (laughs) This is not something that is out of reach for you. So, yeah, thank you very much, Jacob, for, for stating that. All right, so my answer to this question, what did you find most surprising, something you hadn't considered that way before, is many people will try to defend government schooling by asking the question, where in scripture does it say that government schooling is a sin? I'm sure we've all heard this multiple times from multiple different Christians, unfortunately. Um, Seems to be the predominant question when you're talking about education. Uh, But Bradley Heath begins to explore this topic on page 39 when he says the better questions that there are better questions to ask. Um, And these questions are how will public schooling Discipline. How will public schools discipline my or or disciple my children? How will they disciple my children? How will public schools influence the lifestyle and worldview I am transferring to my kids? What effect are they going to have on that? How will the content and context of public schooling mold my son or daughter? How will public schools honor the lordship of Christ in the education of my children? These are the questions we should be asking ourselves and answering. And think really, really hard about the answers to these questions because they will affect an immortal soul. This isn't something to take flippantly. Additionally, people will argue that they can effectively balance out all the evil that their children are taught during the week by sending them to Sunday school or enrolling them in a government indoctrination, um, enrolling them in a government indoctrination camp that has a Christian teacher here or there, right? This way of thinking is absolute folly, as Heath uh, uh, says on page 42. A few Christian teachers sprinkled among 12 years of uh, agnosticism may give students fond memories, but they will not give them a biblical worldview. Right. All right. Um, It is a parent's responsibility to ensure that their children have a biblical worldview by the time they are grown. Uh, Ephesians 6, chapter 6, verse 1. Um, bring them up in the, uh, discipline and instruction of the Lord. And actually, I'm sorry. I think that's, um, Ephesians six verse four. So I'll update the proper verse on screen. Sorry about that. When children are baptized and this actually, um, today at my church, there was a, uh, a baptism and, um, they read from some oaths. They, the, the parents had to take oaths over their children that, uh, that, the, the pastor, um, administrated, right. was, was over. I want to talk a little bit about those oaths because they relate directly to what we're talking about today. This is not something like you just take lightly when you take those oaths. They're important oaths. When children are baptized, parents take an oath swearing they will uphold the responsibility they've been given as parents, right? In our denomination, there are two oaths that they have to take. The first reminds parents that their children are holy. They are to be set apart and treated differently than the children of the unbelieving world. They're different. They're not like the other kids. They can't be treated the same way. The second oath is a promise that parents will instruct their children in the principles of the Christian faith as revealed in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments and to use all the ways God has appointed to bring the child up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. End quote. When these same parents send their children who are supposed to be set apart from the world to the government indoctrination camps they are essentially breaking their oaths by handing the uh, education of their children over to the world instead of the responsibility that they were given all right long answers i know huge topic a lot to discuss so one more question what part of the reading (laughs) what part of the reading do you think most applies to the theme of the month and as a reminder our theme this month is the dangers and evils of the government schools the dangers and evils of the government schools and Jake we'll start with you
2: alrighty so the dangers and evils of the purple schools can be found in Mr. Heath's paraphrase of what C.S. Lewis had said uh, which can be found on page 33 now Boo and Joe have both mentioned this, uh, quote, and so it feels like it takes out a little bit of what I'm about to say, but, um, it is not that the government, yeah. yeah, it is, it is not that the government schools don't work, but that they work too well. And that I believe is the best you can find in this book, uh, now I've only gotten up to chapter four, so I might find a better quote. But so far, this is the best quote. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah, I agree. But
2: the majority of people who have issues with government schools, and, yeah, and Bruce has talked about this as well. Um. But the majority of people take with the wrong things, like Bruce was saying before about CRT. People. Out of, the big R Republicans like to say that uh, CRT is the problem. Well, <laughs> yeah. that's that's the issue to be taking out of this.
0: Yep. Uh,
2: the question is not how well a school teaches, a child, but that they corrupt impressionable minds with secular ideology. Yes. Government yep. schools have done their job perfectly. They have indoctrinated thousands, if not millions, of young immortal souls.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yes. Thank you very much, Sheikh. Yeah, it was a little garbled and uh, huge delay, and a little hard to hear you. But um, a, a lot of that, uh, a lot of that came through, and it was it was all very, very good stuff. So yes, thank you for reiterating those sent- sentiments. Very, very good stuff to to remember and and to keep in mind when you're discussing education for your own children. Thank mm. you very much.
1: All right, Joe. And. I have a shorter one and I kind of touched into this in my first point. But the thing that I think most apply is the students become like the teachers, especially when they're being indoctrinated. And and the and that really shows like the the apple doesn't far fall, f- far fall, <laughs> fall far, far fall. The fall from tongue it's fa- a tongue twister. La-la. Yeah, we get it. Okay. <laughs> got it. Fall <laughs> far from the tree. Nice. Yep. And Really, it, it's it's stating the fact that since the teachers and students spend over forty hours a week in, in the in the same building, yeah, in different classrooms, I'm I'm definitely assuming, but they're in the the government environment, yep, and even the sports and all this stuff, they are really indoctrinating that, yeah, and, and the the verse that Heath uses is. Genesis 11, uh, wait, wait, Genesis 11, Genesis 11, which says, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, er, the herbs that yield seed and fruit, and trees that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seeds its is in itself on the earth. And so that's kind of, with, with that verse in mind, it says, it says that herbs and seeds and the fruit tree that yields fruit will uh, yield of its kind, so meaning that the the children being at those schools the 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 teachers are just growing their own fruits they're growing the worldly fruit and
0: and Growing the, the mm. seeds, the kids of yeah, seeds like that uh, passage in Luke that says the the student will be like the teacher. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yep, absolutely.
1: So so that's really how Satan's been able to come into the world and influence uh, yes. us children. And yep, I feel like I've just restated a lot no, of the no, same that's, points. That's good to but, reiterate. Yep, but yeah, the children from the government indoctrination camps. Just expect the teachers to know what is right. They don't hmm. – it doesn't matter if they were right or wrong. The students just automatically believe and trust the teachers. I mean there was an even an experiment in my sociology class. I may have talked about this oh, one yeah. before. But how the, the teacher was like, hey, can you give me all your – the most precious things that you have on you? Well, a lot of people were given their cell phones or their backpacks or water bottles, those, those different things – and the reason for it is because the people trust the teachers and mm. they trust them way too much
0: yeah 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 for sure awesome thank you joe you're welcome thank you very much for uh stating that all right so here we go last question i'll just restate it uh the question again was what uh, part of the reading do you think most applies to the theme of the month and as a reminder Our theme is uh, the dangers and evils of the government schools. So my answer, a little shorter than my previous answers, but still a little bit long. So um, I'll try to get through this as quickly as I can because I know we're coming close to uh, time here. So, All right. Firstly, I want to quote something that uh, Bradley Heath said on page 45 that I think relates to our theme extremely well. Um, Heath said when Christians educate their children in the same manner as non-Christians, they send an undeniable message of agreement with non-Christian values, beliefs, and practices taught in public schools. Conformity, this is really, I I love this, this one, this one quote, I want this on a t-shirt. Conformity does not witness to the lost, but falsely reinforces their unbelief. This is the same thing we, we had this discussion about mask wearing, right? Oh, what harm does it do? Well, it does a lot of harm. Obviously, complying with a government that has no business telling us to, to put masks on our face is one thing, but also propagating the lie, continuing to uh, 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 make people feel comfortable in the lie that they're being sold, right? And the lie is that masks actually work, right? In this case, the lie is that uh, government schools are an acceptable way of training children, Right. Uh, Both are lies and both are propagated by the people around them continuing to conform to those lies. Government schools are no different. He continues this thought on the next page and says, we cannot throw a lifeline to those drowning in godless secularism. If we are treading water in the same swamp, we must be different. It is not easy to say the emperor's new clothes are missing. When our whole culture seems convinced that his invisible finery is oh so beautiful, the biblical injunction to be salt and light in the world, and unsav- uh, sorry, salt and light in a dark and unsavory world, is not fulfilled by embracing the public school, but by engaging the public square. End quote. There are questions that parents should be asking and seeking answers to when considering how to handle their children's education. Bradley Heath on page 48 says, The questions we should be asking are, what about the word of God? What are the consequences of disobedience? What are the benefits of obedience when we don't disobey? What blessing or cursing am I bringing upon my family through my response to the biblical mandate for Christian education? It's not just your kids who will run into issues when you start going against God's word. It's the one who's responsible for taking care of those kids. You, the parents. As a final quote, I want to read this paragraph from page 50. Um, It sums up perfectly the state of our current Christian culture and should cause us to want to stand up and change things to better match a biblical view of culture. So it's a little long. I think it's a really good quote. I think I did this last week too. I had like one final quote at the end that I read just because it's so good. This quote is amazing. Here we go. Evangelicals are poor cultural strategists because our only battle plan is evangelism. That's all we're doing. We reject cultural engagement unless it coincides with witnessing. The dominion the dominion mandate um, in Genesis 1 verse 28 is largely ignored due to a uh, stereotypical um, emphasis on soul winning and an anemic understanding of eschatological thinking. So, uh, eschatology, goodness. Okay. A view of the end times is essentially what, uh, what he's saying there. We, uh, we find the notion of developing distinctively Christian culture, unimportant and unnecessary as an end in and of itself. And we surrender cultural expressions to unbelievers as ground, not worthy of the fight evangelicals worry far too much about being left behind and not nearly enough about what they are leaving behind as a cultural and spiritual legacy for future generations. End quote. Heath adds to this on the final page of chapter four, and he says, because we do not know what the Bible teaches, we fail to structure our lives in a distinctively Christian manner. And oh my goodness, is that true today? We aren't taught these things um, from the church. We aren't taught these things in Christian culture. All we're taught is the basic gospel, the milk of the word. And so how could we hope to live Christian lives, holy lives set apart, right? Different lives that are salt and light that shine out to the people around us. How can we hope to do these things if the church does not instruct us in the ways of God in all areas of our life? And that's what we see here all right <laughs> that was a lot um do you guys have anything else that you want to add before we wrap up today no all right well thank you um, both uh you and jake um jake's a little glitchy today so hopefully we'll uh, we'll be back on track again next week and um seems every week we have at least one minor technical difficulty so <laughs> happens sometimes but that's all right we'll get it all sorted out But uh, thank you all very much for listening to us. Thanks, Jake and Joe, for uh, joining us today on the show and helping us out here. Um, Don't forget, you can uh, share this show with as many people as you can. You can do that easily by going to our website, which is trdshow.net, sharing that link. You'll find a list of links to all of the platforms we're on would be so helpful if you could share that with as many people as you possibly can also send us some emails we would love to hear from you what you thought of today's show yes we're gonna get a lot of requests saying please make it shorter yes yes we hear you we hear you this is not the norm (laughs) this show went extra long uh but that's for a good reason i think um we covered a lot of good stuff so apologize but but sorry not sorry right Um, so, you can send your emails to uh, our email address, which is trdshow at protonmail.com. Again, that's trdshow at protonmail.com. Looking forward to reading those. And uh, thank you all so much for listening and watching. And until then, we will see you in the next episode. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do as unto the Lord.